show. A show for men and the people who love them. Where we discuss how men can find and embrace the healthiest versions of themselves. I am your host, Dr. Charles Corporate. What's good, everybody? It's Wednesday, the week before Essence. I hope you are ready for that. If you're coming to New Orleans, it's about to go down. It is definitely about to go down. And we are going to spend some time today talking about Black Music Month and the impact that music has made on the lives of people of color and the particularly how music helps men find the healthiest version of themselves. You know, think about that. As you were growing up, what were the songs that really gave you that lift? Uh, you know, shout out to Rob Bass. <laughs> Uh, Rob Bass and DJ Red Alert. You know, what was that song, Rachel? It Takes Two? <laughs> it Takes Two. Rachel is doing her thing, you know, so I'll just make it exactly going on. But I remember back in the day, you know, Kumo D, everybody doing their thing. Public Enemy really gave us a shout of the activists. I think about LL Cool J. DeBarge. You remember DeBarge? <laughs> She's giving me that look. Um, but yeah, that music has a way of soothing the savage beast and making it work for you. You know, and it is just that time when, you know, as the city begins to think about essence and its music, I want to bring in somebody who really can give us that understanding of what music means to us. I'd like to bring in Don T. Don, how are you today? Don. Don, Don, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can I, you hear me? I can hear you. How are you? I'm doing so well. Thank you for, for having me. I'm honored. Uh, no doubt. I, I am very honored myself. And I didn't give this grand introduction because... I would like for you to introduce yourself to my people. When I say Don T to my folks, tell us a little bit about who is Don T and why you have been so pivotal to us and really understanding the impact of music on our communities across the country. Well, I'd love to start slowly. Sure, please. <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of ease into it. I have... Um... On my, on my website, I say it like I'm an observer, I'm an igniter, I'm a singer-songwriter, I'm a label owner of Detone Victorious, I'm a producer, I'm a clarifier, uh, I'm a whipster, which is what some of this is about, I'm a right. sister, I'm a muse to the mister, I'm a ma, and I'm a daughter. Ooh. And I'm a tall drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love I'm an it. innovator. I love so that. That's the, yeah, that, that's the that's the code, you know, for some of, for some of what I am. But I'm also, uh, in addition to all of that, more specifically, I am. Uh, I was born into a musical so, uh, family in Philadelphia. Music has been in my family's generation for you know many years. Uh, my dad uh, was big in the 1950s, uh, so, you know, doo-wop era. My late father, uh, his name uh, is Lee Andrews, and he had a group called Lee Andrews and the Hearts, for those who knew, like, Teardrops, Try the Impossible, and, and hits like that. And 
in addition to that, my brother is uh, the drummer for The Tonight Show and also for The Legendary Roots. Uh, he, he is Amir Questlove Thompson. Nice. So, yeah, so music has been in our generation for for years. Uh, I myself am a singer-songwriter. Um, I write music for TV and film. I uh, am an author, uh, a very new author, actually. I just uh, finished contributing uh, to a book called Behind the Song with a few New York Times bestsellers. Uh, I am a solo artist, but I'm also uh, the the other half of a of a new band that was recently launched at uh, the Roots um, celebration Grammy celebration this year, and the name of the band is And More, and that's ampersand sign M O R E uh, that I uh, co lead with uh, Philadelphia's music ambassador. Uh, Chill Moody. Okay. So, and right. he is a rapper. So, right. Yeah, yeah. So you do. You so I have a I have a lot going on. Exactly. That's, that's the uh, that's the short version. <laughs> really, I would not even I would hate. I would love to hear the long version one day. I think well, before we get out to our signature question, there were a couple things that I wanted to pull out of that that lovely biography that you just gave us. Tell us about your book and the best-selling authors that you were um, that you've written this book about this book with, and what is the book about? Well, the book is it's entitled "Behind the Song," and it's an anthology. And there, you know, are mostly writers involved, a few musicians involved, and we were asked to um, very interesting premise. We were asked to choose a song and to analyze that song and create a short story around it. So you couldn't actually just write the song and, uh, you know, and, and describe what the song is as a part of the story. You had to, you know, really go left field on it. And um, I chose uh, a tune called uh, October Song, which um, which uh is by uh, Amy Winehouse, the late Amy Winehouse. Oh, I love and I her. Wrote that down. I loved mm-hmm. her. Mu- loved her music. Yeah, and so I chose that, and uh, yeah, absolutely. And so it's uh, the book is available on Source Books, and it's it's in Barnes and Noble, and all bo- booksellers, so folks can pick that up. But that's my writing debut, and that's actually opened the door for me to begin. Uh, exploring that avenue right. uh so yeah so folks should look for uh you know more things like that more writing from no. dante in the future <laughs> no doubt no doubt i find it very creative in taking the lyrics and then creating a short story about it i think that allows for some of our lived experiences to be imparted not only in the music but in the written word and i, I find that quite fascinating so i make sure that tell us the name of the book again please it's called Behind the Song. Behind the Song. Please go. Mm-hmm. Everybody who's listening today, please go out and check that book out, Behind the Song. As well as you talked about the book, Don, you also talked about this rich musical legacy that you have. What was it like growing up in the household full of music and now, go, you know, looking back at the legacy of your family, of Questlove and your father, what was that like growing up in that household full of musical greats it was it was incredible and you know 
looking back on it, I, I, you know, it, it was it was so rich, and I look back on it now and have a deeper appreciation than I had for it even at the time because you know when you're a kid, the home you grow up in is just the home you grow up in. So I assumed that you know, with my parents rehearsing all day long, you know, I'd go, I'd leave the school, come back, you know, they'd be rehearsing at, at 9 a.m., I'd come back. <laughs> you know, they're still rehearsing, you know, as I'm doing homework, and it's the music that, you know, put me to bed and all of that. And I just assumed everybody's that that household happened in like, everybody's right, house. Right, right, exactly. It didn't happen in my house, Don. let me tell you. Right. We were reading books, <laughs> talking education. <laughs> Right. So, you know, the beauty of it was that, you know, my, my dad was a real music historian and he had just every genre of music, you know, on in stacks in our home. My mom, um, she grew up as a ballet dancer and a, a jazz dancer, tap dancer, and she was with companies. Uh, she also uh, was one of the first uh, African-American women to sell product on billboards. So she was a model oh, as wow. well. And so, yeah, so a lot of people don't know that about my mom. But, um, yeah, so so it was in that way, you know, where my dad was bringing, you know, the soul and, and, and the um, – the appreciation of the, the the oldies and the fifties and all of that. My mom was bringing, you know, you know, the classical appreciation and the jazz appreciation and and all of that. So it just, you know, it all blended. And uh, it wasn't until you know much later that I realized that you know the the experience that Amir and I were having, mm-hmm. um, you know, was unusual. It wasn't the norm. But it definitely laid um, laid the groundwork for uh, some of what I've gotten to do in my career. Uh, I referenced being uh, uh, someone who writes music for TV and film. Um, I essentially came in through the back door. A lot of music supervisors and directors uh, found my work online, and some of you know some of the folks that would find me were pretty diverse and it was because uh you know i i could write music from you know a a couple different platforms but one person in particular is ava duvernay director award-winning director exactly exactly (laughs) she she placed the single from my last album uh flight of the dawn t uh that's the name of the album but the single is waiting and she placed that in her BET, BET film, I Will Follow. Okay, and, congratulations uh, I've written, on that. Yeah. I've written for Lifetime Network and uh, for Common and Jill Scott as well. Uh, I wrote the, co-wrote the tune I Am Music on Electric Circus, and uh, I've written for Sonos product, just done... Quite a few things. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Sounds yeah. like your career's your career is multifaceted, and it is multifaceted indeed. And yeah. so, thinking about that, thinking about how multifaceted your career has been, and um, what part of this legacy, 
being at home with the music, being in Philadelphia. You know, we know that Philadelphia it has been the birthplace of the neo-soul music. I mean, I, mean, I remember coming through and loving the roots, um, loving, right, loving yeah. Jill Scott, loving that, that whole new feel of R&B. How has that influenced your, your work? Um, how has that been a part and ingrained in what you do? Yeah, well, Phil, you, you know, you mentioned the neo-soul movement, but, you know, to be more thorough, Philadelphia, the Philadelphia sound, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's far and wide in every, you know, Philadelphia is just music and innovation, period, it, in, in every genre. You know, we are, we are influencing music, you know, around the world. Our musicians, uh, what's really incredible is that if you would analyze you know, most of the musicians, backing musicians that play for name artists, Adele, Justin Timberlake, Pharrell, you know, if you would analyze those guys, they're all Philly heads. They're right. all from Philly. <laughs> so, you know, we're just we're just bringing it. And for me, um, being in an environment that nurtured that kind of um, you know, that, where that level of acceptance is there, it allows you to take risks that you, you know, might not normally take, you know. And if when you're from Philadelphia, you don't necessarily believe that you have to fit, you know, in a particular box. And um, and that supported my career because it's so broad musically, you know, and artistically. It's so broad, and I've embraced, you know, just about everything. You know, my band now with Chill Moody and more is, you know, it's soulful, it's hip-hop, uh, you know, it's that blend. But, you know, the stuff that I do on my own is eclectic, and it kind of grabs from a variety of different places, and 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 I'm cool with that, and Philly's cool with that. Right, no doubt. <laughs> Philly's no. the town that supports you to, to do just that. So. so, you know, so what you're saying, basically, Don, is that I need to leave New Orleans, the birthplace of jazz, <laughs> and, and come to Philly and do, and really get down to really you understand know, the, we, that piece. You know, we would embrace you. Oh, I, would, I love that. I love, yeah, I've been in New Orleans definitely. for 13 years, and, you know, we love. I, I, I love my brass band music. Um, I love my jazz. Mm -hmm. I love my uh, New Orleans uh, hip hop. You know, give me, you know, give me a Absolutely. little. Exactly, a little Lil Wayne. Um, so we, right, we right. Try, we, yeah, we try to do our best here, but I, you know, music soul child, Jill Scott. Um, oh, yeah. So Absolutely. we are just, you know, we we do our thing, but going to Philly might be the move for me. You're listening to the What's Your Revolution show with Dr. Charles Corpru, broadcast on WBOK 1230 AM and also on WHIV 102.3, talking black music with Don T, author, writer, singer, songstress, all of all of this, you know, that we want to <laughs> say about you. And I'm just so I'm filled with so much gratitude that you would spend some time with me today. I need to ask this as, as my, my good friend and producer says, the unavoidable question as she, as she writes. As the sister of arguably one of the most groundbreaking cultural icons of our generation, and I love, love Quest, right? Right, sure. What, what would you say makes you the most proud of the man that your brother has become? Because he's done so much musically as well as from an activist perspective. What, do you, what makes you proud to say, I'm the sister of Questlove? You know, gosh, I, it, 
Amir's achievements are, uh, and so, okay, so I should be referring to him as Questlove. No, 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 that's your brother. That probably, that's Amir. That probably gives you a window into who we are to each other. I'm, I'm proud of his accomplishments and coming from the family that we came from in the environment that we did, it was predestined. So I expect everything that's happening, you know, from him. And, and I believe he would say the same about me. But he's, you know, I can I can just really speak as a brother because that just is, like, it's, it's beyond his achievement. And it's just who he is as a person. And he's a loving brother. And he's my heart. And... <laughs> And then that's it. Like I'm just a sister. Right, right. <laughs> you know, it's 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 almost um, it would almost be equivalent to, you know, you have a family of doctors, mm, and they're all yes. successfully healing people. Right, right. And so if you sat them down, that that one of you know the family saved, you know, someone who was dying. I mean, of course, there's pride there. But what really makes the difference, and is 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 who that person is to you, and and um, yeah, I I love him and and cherish him, and and he's a good brother, and and yeah, that's that's what um, that's what I'm proudest of. Um, that you know, especially as a black man in our culture, that he is you know within my family beyond music and beyond accomplishment, who he is as a person right, exactly. is ex- exemplary, and that means every everything. Right, exactly. And one of the questions, one of the questions is, is kind of off our script, but as you say that about Amir Quest, you know, and looking at his prominence across the landscape, and the show is about how men can find the healthiest version of himself. How do you think Amir Quest you know, shows men of color how they can be the healthiest version of themselves. Oh, boy. How You're asking me, <laughs> we need to call him up. Okay, so so repeat the question. I want to get this right. But, so, say, Wait a minute now. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> how, how does, you know, because he's out there, and he's out there as an activist, he's, he's the centerpiece of the roots, but he, he written children's books, I mean, how does this image of Amir, as you say, as you, as your brother, but Quest, yeah, sure, you know, show I, the world what what it means to be the healthiest versions of themselves, men particularly. I think just I think just being authentic. You know, we have to move beyond the myth of, you know, black men are just one thing. It's not. You know, there is vulnerability yes, that yes. you know is allowed. There is you know, strength is, is that's allowed, you know, in our humanity, we sometimes even contradict ourselves. Men do that. Women do that. Men do that. So it's, I think that he does embrace all of that with, within himself, and he, he allows for a public in, image that is not perfection. And I, I believe, you know, as a black woman, that that is, that there's strength in that stance for black men and even freedom. And it's a freedom that um, should, 
not just be allowed, but but that that you know black men should embrace and for themselves, um, you know, this new conversation about what blackness is right. and how it should be exactly expressed. And so, and and he does that. He does that well. You know, my my brother will, uh, you know, put some you know, express through his social media, you know, media platform. And, uh, you know, there are times that he's misstepped publicly. And, we all do. You know, we all just, do. Yeah, he just steps out there and, and, and owns it and, and moves on and, and allows for that. And I, I think there needs to be for healing, you know, within our culture and with black men in particular, there just needs to be this recognition of, of humanity, you know, you know, we, we are living in such such stressful time right now. And so, uh, and we have, uh, four centuries, but, you know, and now we're here, here we are. I, you know, we, the, the only way to, um, I just think move forward and, and gain strength as a culture and for black men to do it is to, you know, embrace what, you know, just what's human. Exactly. And what's, uh, what's not perfect. No, and I, lo- yeah. I, I love that humanization, and we need to see the diversity, the variance, as we say in, uh, in academia, of blackness uh, that, com- that yeah. comes along with masculinity and femininity, and masculinities and femininities that go along. And I love that you say that because we have been dehumanized, and we right, have exactly. to show us as human. And as my good friend Jarvis DePerry says, we are, we are ordinary people, and we do... Oh. Or- Completely. Yeah, we yeah. do ordinary things. Understanding that, and, and based on you having you know a bird's eye view of the evolution of black music, you know, and you being immersed in it in so many ways, I'm just so taken aback by that. How do you see the general direction of the various genres having taken uh, or having a perspective or influence on our community today? So the various genres of music, how are they impacting? us as black folks, you know, and how we live hmm. today? Well, th- that's a very broad question, and I, I want to be really specific. Can, sure. can I be very specific please, and, please. and talk about how I'm doing it? Yes, I, um, exactly. My band, my new band, and more, we have a single out, and it's uh, entitled My Own Light. And it's fascinating that you bring this up because it is one of the ways that we approached uh, doing the song, and so you're you you know in R and B, it's it's typically you know a lot of times you you hear you know the woman singing and she's singing about being wronged and you know the man is not necessarily on the song and so you're thinking like you know wow she was wrong and he did that or you hear the opposite view and one of the things that Till Moody and I try to explore in the song My Own Light our single is is this place of humanity and uh, do something more groundbreaking where, you know, you're hearing my voice in the beginning uh, talk about my own light and finding, you know, this place of independence and the importance of that and um, as we all do and self-discovery and all of that. And you hear women talk about that and, 
you know, and we're free to talk about that. It's, it's almost like a, a, a feminine idea. You know, it's I'm going to discover, you know, do some self-discovery and, and find my independence. Well, um, what happens in the middle of the song is till, you know, he starts spinning. And what I wanted to show up and what he nailed and we decided together on is that when he his verse comes in, you're not quite sure that I was in the right. You're not you, you leave the song not really knowing that like, wait, who is the bad guy here? Right. And I think then when we can begin to explore that in all genres of music, you know, not just the easy out you know, love songs that, you know, it, and Chill and I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm actually starting a little tiny bit. We <laughs> wanted to, we, for black culture, we wanted to explore that idea. Right, right. Because we are villainized, you know, in in, in certain ways. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're seen as animalistic, and and that's not true. Uh, about who we are and and could we uh explore the idea of love and love gone wrong but it being gray where, where you're where you're not certain that she misstepped or he misstepped and even though he's saying he misstepped he is very apologetic and even talking about the idea of not having been forgiven right. like maybe that was actually the real issue it's not that he was wrong it's that she's you know carrying this grudge and just won't let it go and we know so, the relationships are tough and i think and, they are they're complex they're complex uh, absolutely and we talk so much about we talk so much about black female and black male relationships if you don't mind i'd like to listen to the song a little bit we're gonna oh, play we're, we're gonna sure. play we're gonna play a little bit of the song a testimony about a woman we all love. Before we knew her name, she greeted us with a big mama hug. On the block, she was our matriarch. Caring for us was her mission. She had vision. She was our prophet. So she prayed for us. If we were ever hungry, she made sure a meal was made for us. Sent us away with some wine, candy, and a smile. A cookie for every child. She was so sweet. Our mamas would confide in this wise guy, this secret she would keep. Under key and lock, she was a rock in a rocking chair. When the hood started changing, she wouldn't let Hullum stop and stare. Never intimidated, she never backed down for her. These streets were sacred grounds. She's the pillar in every village, every community, every town. When you're introduced to her, true love is found. She ain't just the old lady on the porch. She's the torch that's been passed to shed light when the street lights weren't bright enough. Please know that we love you much. This, this is a story. A testimony about a woman we all love. This is the story of Ethel Bobcat and more.
said I misstepped and told you before. Asked if you believe, you showed me the door. Set my soul to the floor and was told to pick my battles. Also taught that words are the strongest weapons that are chosen in war. So I'ma watch mine and die yours. Find my own light, it's obvious you got yours. All those bright ideas, faced with nightmares that I once feared. But now I'm free, now I'm free. Got back to being me, moving to wishing it was free of me. So when it pop off, nah, you can't escape seeing me on every TV screen. Scroll your timeline and see my dreams. King with a crown, I was down for you to be my queen. Keep it a bean and facts hard to speak. Take it back, that spot's hard to reach. My heart is weak, mind is strong as ever, can't give you all of me. One thing I can afford is not to speak, cause your talk is cheap. As long as I was with you, I probably wrote thousands of songs, and they was hits too. But you ain't wanna notice, just focused in on the miscues. And now that we've been splitting through, you hearing every lyric, just wishing I say I'd miss it. As long as you Welcome back to the What's a Revolution show. Dawn, all, all I can say is... Wow. Wow. <laughs> Hi, Dawn. It's Rachel. Hi, Rachel. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. You should have seen him in here. His eyes rolled back in his big old bald head. <laughs> <laughs> Jazz is in here, so I had to get in it. Oh, wow. Go ahead. Go ahead. Ask the question. Ask the question. Oh, wow. Nice. You just went there. Nice. Dawn, your voice is beautiful. I mean, I just... Enchanted is, is the word that comes to mind. Um, Thank you. Exactly, and I love I love the message of the song and what it brings. Like you said, and what we what we were mentioning before, listening to the song, relationships are complex and honesty, and that is, oh, that, that that is my lesson. That that has been my revolution uh, over the last ten months. Honesty, and so we need to hear more opportunities for relationships to move forward can, uh, and healthy. Can I jump in one minute and say I love that Mama Jackie is Ethel Bobcat. <laughs> So, so for those of y'all that those of y'all that are so listening, you, go find the video "My Own My Own Light." Um, and there's a woman who's sitting there majestically and regally sitting in a rocking mm. chair in the middle of the street in Philly, and that is Mama Jackie. Yes. Like, absolutely, has always been who right. she is. Making a right. cameo. Right. Yeah, yeah the that. name of the the name of our upcoming album it'll be out uh, this fall. It's entitled Ethel Bobcat. Oh, oh and nice. it Very is uh, nice. in. Is it a, it's a visit back to the idea. So uh, J.I.V. is actually narrating the beginning of the video. That's what people were hearing, you know, right before the song came in. And that only appears on the music video, not on the actual single. But Ethel Bobcat is, is a, a revisit of this. The, the old idea is that the fictional character that uh, was a part of our communities for many years um, that the, the matriarch, the person that had our back, and uh, you know the savior of the community, the lookout, you know the hug, and all of that. You know she she represented all of that. And uh, at a certain point, uh, we moved away from that idea, and um, 
I, I think that our culture has is, uh, really suffered because of it, and we we wanted to explore uh, some of that, and that you know, therefore we entitled uh, uh, the album Ethel Bobcat. Oh, lovely! So I like that. Yeah. So she's, you know, the, this song is about love, but you know, we're also looking at culture, the environment. We're looking at politics. We're looking at, you know, it's definitely all of that. It's interesting <laughs> it's you say a, that. The, it's a the, statement. It's a, it's it's a definitely a statement right. um, album. So yeah. And that's what we need. That, and in mm-hmm. saying that, because we need more messages out there, you were at the forefront. Uh, and you know, when looking at what was going on in Philly uh, with a couple, mm-hmm. uh, one of my frat brothers uh, in Starbucks, you decided to go out yeah. and be at the forefront of that. What caused you to get involved? Well, it was in my neighborhood. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> so, boom. That's my there it is. Starbucks, first of all, and yeah, it was. It was. I say it's too close to home, but it was it was home. <laughs> right. It was home. I'd passed that Starbucks a million times, and uh, yeah, I, I felt compelled that day, absolutely compelled, and um, needed to make a you know take a stand. And um, you know, my parents when I was a kid, they were activists, and they had me you know out at every rally. There was, you know, starting <laughs> at like three or four, and it, you know, it just—it's—it's it's in my nature, it's in my blood, you know, just justice and and how necessary it is. As an artist, you know, I do want to be making statements with my music, uh, and that's wonderful. And we all need to be doing more right it's it's not the music is a lot and it's significant and it's impactful but we must all show up physically um you know and yeah and something connected with me uh with this uh, with this incident but i thought it you know singing a song is is one thing and that's important but you have to physically, you know, uh, move yourself, you know, stand in front of that space so, and uh, reclaim it. So, Dawn, I have a question yeah. for you um, mm-hmm. because one of the – if you do a search on Dawn T and Starbucks, uh, there is an image that uh, you will see. And I, I have to give props to you um, because you brought the next generation along, but not in mm. the way in which people would expect. Your step, oh, right. your, okay. your, right. your stepdaughter uh, was exactly. there, and so we talk about allies. Exactly. Um, yeah. So we're so I'm yeah. I'm a part of a blended family. Anybody who's who who knows my story, my married story, and people will stop me uh, on the street and say, "Hey, did I see you on Say Yes to the Dress?" Yeah, I'm here. I'm here <laughs> to her to the dress on oh, Say Yes to the Dress when oh, she married Jake. Don't know that I'm a member of a blended family. My husband is Italian American. And my bonus daughter, she is uh, right now uh, 15. Uh, she came into my life when she was eight. Uh, is uh, is Italian as well. And so, uh, some of what 
some of the ways that I impact culture uh, is, you know, as an African-American woman, is in her life and feeding into her uh, these ideas and expectations about being a a change maker within her community. Mm. So it's, you know, a lot of of times, you know, as black folk, we, you know, we're, 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 you know, we stand in our own gap and we're, we're, we're speaking, but there, there comes a time where other communities, and specifically white communities, white men and white women, have to stand up and begin to speak to their communities as this woman who was in Starbucks uh, did and spoke out, you know, the white woman who, who uh, stood up to the police and said, you know, I, I have been using the bathroom and not, you know, uh, uh, buying coffee forever. What's the difference? Mm-hmm. You know, making the point that there was a difference. So some of what I, I have instilled in her is that you, you know, my expectation for her is not to just be a, you know, a regular white girl out here, <laughs> and and you know, and you know, um, step black, up, stand up. Black mom expects right. you know a certain thing, and it's not even you know, it, it's not about her. Using slang and and talking black, no. Very that, good. You you have to, you have to affect your community and speak to your community because when you're away from our family, you know they don't know your, you know Questlove's niece. They don't know that your you know your mom your your bonus mom is black. They don't know that about you, and they're free. And 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 the beauty about a beauty about you being in situations where folks will kind of lay down their guard and be very free assuming who you are is is that you're not it's not on you what you are but still your family has has an expectation and right, and what exactly. was beautiful was she'd actually fallen she was you know I, I don't know if this is bad uh, you know parenting or what but uh it was a, it was a rainy day and she was um she had she sprained her leg uh, about a week and a half before that, so she was on crutches. So I got up, and I knew what I wanted to do, but I gave her the option. I said, look, you know, it's it's important. Uh, I believe it's important. It is important, and I would love for you to participate with me. But, you know, I I don't want you to injure yourself. And she, you know, she said, no, I absolutely want to uh, be a part. I, I, I have to make a difference. You know, people have to see me, which it was shocking. You know, you're, you know, folks weren't expecting this little, you know, blonde white girl like she's got this sign, and she came up with her own <laughs> I sign. Know, that's right. You know, no more. You know, um, too late, too latte. Right. Too latte <laughs> exactly. with her. You know, I can't. I I went to get my coat, and you know, I came back, and she had her sign, she's ready and to go. it was impactful because it wasn't what people expected, but it is. It's life. It's necessary. It's where we are now. It's where we all are now, as as culture, as the larger culture, and we we all must begin to to speak up. And I was really, you know, I was very proud of her that she uh, 
took that stance right. and you know and, and spoke and spoke to Fox News. <laughs> you know, at, at a certain point, I, I was like, you know, babe, you don't have to speak to news if you don't. She's like, no, I yeah, I, I want to speak to them. Exactly. <laughs> I got something to say. Wow. So, Don, as we so, wrap yeah. up, as we wrap up today, we have been humbled by your words and your music today. Usually we ask this question at the beginning of the show, but I felt that you had given us so much that we needed to move forward. But I would be remiss if we did not ask you our signature question. What's your revolution? Uh, my revolution is um, using art to activate others to inspire and motivate. That's beautiful. That's my re revolution. That's your revolution. Yeah. Using art to inspire and motivate others. That's all we need. And we will keep listening and keep applauding and keep uplifting you as you uplift us. We appreciate the time today. And we look Thank forward you. to hearing more from you, seeing more from you. I would love for people to know where they can find me. Exactly. If that's cool. Yes. Okay, so on Instagram, if they have IG, it's D-Tone Vic, D-T-O-N-E. V-I-C, that's the name of my label, Detone Victoria, so it's Detone Vic. On Twitter, it's D-O-N-N -N underscore T. On Facebook, it's Don T. And you can find We Are and More by spelling it out on both Twitter and on IG, just the way it sounds, We Are and More. Gotcha. Yeah, yes. and Chill Moody is at chillmoody.com. Yeah, I would love for folks that uh, heard the interview to come by and you know, we will definitely, and we'll make sure that we send <laughs> this to you, that you would spread the love for us as well. Don, when are Absolutely. you coming to New Orleans? I know that Amir is going to be here um, during Essence Festival weekend. Uh, he's going to be spinning with uh, DJ Soul Sister. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Wow. They're doing a late night set on Friday. Yes. I will, too. Yes. But when are you coming? Because I think people need to really experience or have the, have the Don T experience. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so so what's happening right now is uh, I'm in promotion with Ann Moore, you know, Chill Moody and Dante. We're headed to Nashville tomorrow. We're back in Philly for the Wow Wow Welcome America mm -hmm. uh, Festival on at, um, on Ben Franklin Boulevard, the Chill Moody stage. We're actually uh, – we are uh, headlining that show, which is wonderful. And then, uh, yeah, we, we go into uh, – Several stops, and I would love for New Orleans uh, to, to be one of you. those. So we're, you know, we'll definitely work that out. Um, yeah, I love, I love, uh, I love all of that. I need, I need some, uh, some Cajun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, Don, thank you so much, and we appreciate the time. Yes, thank you, Dr. Charles. Thank all you, right. Rachel. All it was, right, it was a joy. Thank okay, you. take, take care. care. Have a good day. Bye bye. Bye bye. I love her. You are listening to the What's Your Revolution show <laughs> with Dr. Charles Cooper and my sidekick, my my homie. Oh, I'm your sidekick <laughs> and not your side piece. We all right. Um, <laughs> so wait. You let me, <laughs> so on WBOK oh, 12:30 yeah. a.m. Also broadcast on WHIV 102.3. Want to thank the good folks over there who are rebroadcasting our show and giving us much love. Shout out to Joe Cantu, who makes sure the show goes right over there. He is your counterpart. So. Oh, hey, what's up, Joe yeah, Cantu? Joe Cantu. Pleasure to meet you. Appreciate it. Um, and Mark Elaine, the executive director over there, who, give us, who gives us some love.
we appreciate okay. that. So yeah, that was a great. So I have I have show. Back, I have backstory for you. Um, so there's a video. Um, <laughs> there's a video of you. Uh, actually, it's a video. <laughs> it's proceed. Um, and it ended up, people thought that there was something weird going on because I'm actually, like, showcased or, like, eclipsed or highlighted in that video, like, a thousand times. But Word. Yeah. But Word? Don is in that video. Yeah. Don does this thing. Like, it, like, so that was when I first met Don. And she is an amazing, amazing, like, what you hear is who she is. But another trivia fact, if you uh, see the movie Love Jones... Don makes a cameo appearance in Love Jones really? as one of the audience participants. Wow. Wow. Little known black Where have you made a cameo appearance? <laughs> I told you I'm in, a vid- I'm in the video. That's right. Proceed. You know, people don't know. Um, no. Yes. People don't know that this is, this is a songstress in herself. Yes, she is. She's got a lovely voice. As we sit here and talk about Black Music Month. Yeah. Shout out to everybody that was listening in and watching it on Facebook. Yeah, since we, Facebook just yeah, went dead. Yeah, Facebook just went dead. <laughs> but we appreciate it. Marvin Chambers, my good frat brother, Gene Jones, all the, all the people that were watching today, uh, my good friend Jody Moore Newland, everybody who gives us love and support, we appreciate you so much. It is Black Music Month, and we just heard that. We understand that music has a way to soothe the savage beast as well as to incite. Yeah. It, it, so what do you want to talk about first? Well, <laughs> well, to soothing, incite. Oh, inc- yeah, inciting. exactly. I want to talk about s- soothing the savage beast for a second. So the Carters, Woo! The, the Carters came out with "Wow, everything is love." And did you listen to it? I did listen to it, and so very, very interesting from a, a, a genre perspective, multifaceted, like OJC, OJZ, old Beyonce, new, you know, kind of like the trappish. You know, the trappish. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I, it's interesting. It is like the completion of the trilogy for real. It um, is. I, I figured. I feel like they hoodwinked us. And I know. Right? <laughs> that's what. I, that's what I feel like. It's but, similar, I mean, lemonade, right? Foco four, and now everything is love. But here's the thing, and, and you know, people have gotten mad, and they have all their personal opinions about uh, about that. But but the bottom line is, music can be cathartic. Music should be cathartic. And. I think it's interesting because you you remember there was a time that, you know, Jay-Z and them for like four years after they got married, Jay-Z and Beyonce didn't even talk about dating. Like there was no confirmation that they'd ever dated. Right, exactly. Like years after they actually got married, there were no pictures available or any of that. And, And then they started opening up as to like what this life was. And people started hating on them and 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 like, oh, y'all just doing this for publicity. I personally kind of think it's kind of cool because it gives you an insight. Because at the beginning and the end of the day, uh, Beyonce is Beyonce Giselle Knowles Carter. <laughs> Jay-Z is Sean, I forget your middle name, Carter. Sean Carter. We'll just leave it at that. Sean and and he's, he actually has a middle name. But former drug dealer. and, 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 and People, people. They're just people they're with pe- three babies uh, right. and it, it, people exactly. issues. Exactly. And re- relationship issues. Right. right. And so part of me is like – you hoodwinked me because you, you knew this, but at the end, they're just telling us mm-hmm. what life is like mm-hmm. as a woman, mm-hmm. right, who's been married to a man mm-hmm. who ha- has now admittedly done stuff. I caught you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I caught you. He then, as a man, and knowing that this whole show is about how you find the healthiest version of yourself, how do you become vulnerable enough to accept your flaws, to put it out to the world that you've been lying and cheating and doing all these things that women are your drug, 
Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Many of us can say that. I can, I can say that, right? That's because oh. that's who I've been. Okay. Right? Red pill, blue pill. <laughs> right? You know, finally took the blue pill, right? And, okay. and seeing myself outside of the matrix. And all of a sudden now, boom, what we don't see. Right is what is happens in the aftermath when relationships and when two when a man and a woman or a man and a man say we're gonna reconcile mm-hmm. that we're gonna bring this back together mm-hmm. right and we're gonna bring this back together and this is what this looks like everything is love and meaning at least to me everything is love I mean it's not always cookies and cream it's not always roses it's right. love so I, I don't know if you are familiar you and I are you know about the same age. Um, but, and I don't know if it's a, a regional saying or slang or whatever, but that was like a slang. Like everything's everything, everything's love. Right. And, and at the beginning and the end of the day, I got issues with you. You got issues with me. Um, but when it's all said and done, I love you. Now, the thing that was funny, and I can't remember which cut it was, <laughs> but she's still kind of giving him grief. Because there was one cut where she goes in and, and, and he's like, come on now. And she's like, nah, we telling people the truth, right? <laughs> right? Right, right. And so, but that's a, part, that's a part of it. And I think that mm-hmm. that's what boggles my mind. That's what bothers me, mm-hmm. you know, because at the end of the day, and if you listening, if you listen, at the end of the day, you did your thing, I did my thing, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's love, it's love. Mm-hmm. And you, you grow up. Mm-hmm. You become you adult. Yeah. And and that's the thing. You you adult. And being fortunate now to potentially have experience what adult looks like. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like just even if for a short period of time mm-hmm. to experience this is what adult looks like. Like wow. Mm-hmm. Like literally yeah. like wow. Um, so are we ready to shift gears to the... No, I really wasn't, but you, we only got eight minutes. <laughs> exactly. You know, you know, I'm doing my job. <laughs> um, I hate you. And so, no, you don't. <laughs> and so shifting from what adult looks like... Right, to kids. To, to little what kids, it don't to little boy. look like. No. So, so, there, so there's two stories. Right. Um, there's two stories, and I don't know if we're going to have time to fit them both in, and I mentioned these two examples to you. Um, this feud that supposedly has been squashed... Um, by a, a, a higher being known as Jay Prince. Um, yeah, you got to understand, Jay Prince is not one to be trifled with. Um, he single-handedly extinguished a, a beef between uh, Drake, well, sort of, kind of, because then somebody decided they wanted to, to text him, Jay Prince, a threat. That's not going to end well for anybody. Um, but, <laughs> but Drake and Pusha T had this thing where they going back and forth, and it started out that Pusha T said something out of pocket about Drake, and Drake came back, and it was like, ooh, he came back, and then Pusha T just went nuclear and put all of Drake's business out on the street. So that that is problematic to me. When you, when, when you have a platform and you have a space, mm-hmm. right, and that is my – you heard me. That is my issue with black men, mm-hmm. right? And being a black man, I have that issue with myself, mm-hmm. right? Because that's, that's what we do. We will hold stuff, and you know that's not what I want to say, I know. right? Because we got that ego. And I, I, I love what the councilman said. You know what? Mm-hmm. Keep your ego in your pocket. That's your handkerchief, Con- right? Councilman, he's talking about this gym single. Right. And so when are we going to grow up? 
Like, you're going to make mistakes, right? You, you're going to make mistakes. I, You know, I've been holding a grudge against one of my frat brothers for years, right? And Because he, he came at me the wrong way. Mm-hmm. But the, I realized that, you know what? If I'm going to be an adult about it, that was that was years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, can, now, can he realize that and say, <laughs> let's have this conversation? Can we adult? Yeah, and so my... Concern, because I know your business as much as you know mine. Well, the concern I have with all of this is that I don't want us to return to an era within... Uh, Hip hop music, the rap beef, music, the beef era. The but no, see the beef was one thing, like Queensbridge versus the Bronx, like East like versus West. East versus no, no, there's a difference. See, and and I, and that's why I didn't say East versus okay. West. All right. The boroughs, the 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 history and the origin and the genesis of hip hop music is found in the battle. Right. Exactly. If you watch Notorious, right, um, there is a scene. That shows where Biggie got his start. Mm-hmm. Biggie was a drug dealer, and he used to spend his time on the corner writing rhymes. And he got his his showcase because he got into a battle with another dude that was a corner slinger. And it wasn't even about the about the, the MC. Right. It was about who could come with the hottest lyrics and highlight. The DJ. Right. And, and I didn't realize that until mm-hmm. I watched it the again. Ba- and so that's, that's the why, difference. Yeah. That's why it was Eric B. and Rakim. Right. Jazzy Jeff and Fresh Prince because it was always about the DJ first. So it was never – it never got to that point. So, you know, then then you had uh, uh, KRS-One and, and, and those things, but it right. never turned to violence. The East-West that's issue. Beef. That's beef. I don't want it to get to that. One, because these dudes out here rhyming ain't that good. <laughs> Let's be clear. You're not bringing that level of fire to the microphone to yeah, even. Yeah, it's not. Like it's, Biggie and Pac were. And like, they can pay millions of dollars and they're, they're, eh. they are not lyricists. So let me explain. They're not getting paid anything. They are getting multi-million dollar loans. And we could talk about this all talk, day. Right. But a, a record deal is not you getting paid. That's a loan. And the bigger the deal, the more money you exactly. owe. So most of these folks that's out here fronting don't have any money anyway. To then <laughs> take it to the next level and beef over something that you really don't have, to me is sad. It's it's scary. It's scary. Um, the other story that has been a little um, concerning to me, uh, and I'm kind of in a weird place about it, is what happened to the young kid extent, extentation. And I don't know if you know who Extentation is. No, so no. Extentation, um, <laughs> Extentation, that's his name? That's how you pronounce it? Extension? X, 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 Tentacion. <laughs> Are you serious? X, 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 Tentacion. Yeah, whatever. I saw, yeah, I saw that. Him. I saw, I saw that X, name. X, X, Tentacion. Close enough. <laughs> whatever. We got a young, Let me stop. We got I a young be, cat in the, in the, the booth should, with us today. I should be inclusive. And and uh, whatever. So I, I talked about this on my show. That young man was six days older than my daughter. Um, had a very, very rough past. Um, had a very, very rough upbringing. And was murdered in his neighborhood. Um, because, and uh, folks Is this have, the machete cut? No, that's the young kid that got killed in the bodega. Uh, this guy was a, a – they call him a SoundCloud rapper. I didn't know that was a genre, but he released his first song on SoundCloud. On SoundCloud Word, good for him. And blew up. Right. Well, if you listen to the lyrics of what he's talking about, he was a troubled dude, a, a very troubled dude. And the challenge I had 
was that there were people, and I, and I, I hit on this earlier today, and this is a good segue into the, my show, that we are in an interesting place because when XXX, whatever his name, when X, I'll just say X. Triple X. When X <laughs> died, you had people saying, why are you saying rest in peace to this guy that's been an awful example? And he beat up on his girlfriend and he was under investigation for all these awful things without consideration of who he was beforehand. But people are talking about R.I.P. Joe Jackson, and I'm going to leave that there. That's the mic drop mm, for the day. That is the mic drop <laughs> for the day. You know, as we've been saying, music has a way to soothe the savage beast or incite us to be incite us to both positive and negative actions. And we have to think about that as we're on this road to be the healthiest versions of ourselves, both man and woman, um, and wherever you lie along that on that spectrum. But that's what this show is about. It's about good conversation. It's about us finding the ways to be the healthiest version of yourselves, to get you out of the matrix, to have you take that blue pill. Look for that Look for that writing on uh, wyrevolution.com, red pill, blue pill, as I explore my own journey uh, out of the matrix. You've been listening to the What's Your Revolution show. Enjoy your week, everybody. We will see you in two weeks because next week is Essence and July 4th. But we got a lot to come back to. We'll talk to you soon. Peace, everybody. Playing amongst each other with the water guns in pure poverty. Generations of good people in cycles of poverty. It bothers me, so I ask myself, I say, how you doing as much as you can for the struggle? Am I doing as much as I can for the struggle? And why do I cry when my people are in trouble? I 